James. His special guest this week, Vern Crescent. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the City Beat. My name is Frederick James, and today with me, I have bestseller Vern Crescent. And his book is entitled Supernatural Shit Going On in My Lobby. Welcome, Mr. Crescent. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Mr. James. Uh, how are you doing? I can't be better. I swear, I swear. Listen. So tell me about this book. What do you normally, so normally what you do for a living is you're a chiropractor, correct? Yeah, I'm a chiropractor. Yes, yes, I am. So I'm going to ask a question that's on everybody's mind. What type of supernatural shit is going on in your lobby? Well, I can't talk too much about it but because it's in the book. But there is a situation in my lobby where I think I'm being haunted by a former patient of mine. And you've stated that this particular patient is driving you up the wall, correct? Yes, yes he is. And if you're listening, Bert, come back. We don't know where you are. Dirt Charm Media presents Fun with Dirt, starring Danny Atwell, Justin Gregory, Miguel Pedroza, Rachel Crosby, Emily McAnulty, Robert Hunter, and Dan Mac McCloskey as the gatekeeper. Craig winced in pain as he got out of his car, muttering under his breath about the size of the vehicle he chose, and walked down the sidewalk to a small house. He opened the gate, limped up to the door, and knocked. There was, at first, no answer. He knocked again. Being worried for his sister's safety, he entered the house. He heard the sound of deep snoring and walked into the living room. Laying in a robe with a baby on her belly was Connie, snoring peacefully. Hey, Connie. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, fuck me. She finally snapped and stole a goddamn baby. What? What the hell? What are you doing here? What do you mean? What am I doing here? Everyone's been worried sick about you, but... But, but what? She whispered out loud as she dared, trying not to wake the child napping on her. It's not what you think. I didn't steal mm -hmm. anything, Craig, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I, 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 I want to believe you. But? But? But, but nothing. I'm afraid to say anything else in case I get indicted. Connie threw an empty bottle at her brother's head, but missed. She finally rolled the tiny human onto the couch and stood up, adjusting her robes as she approached her sibling, a finger in his face. <clears throat> Listen, asshole, it wasn't my fucking plan to keep it. I don't know what else to do. The cops won't help because of all the shit with the strangler. The fire department is too goddamn busy and for some reason, child services talk to you like you're trying to order a kid from Angelina Jolie. And even then they said they'd send someone over in a few days. This kid at least deserves a good start, even if it's for a few days, weeks, even months. Maybe not months, but you get the point, you fucking coke fiend. I'm trying to do something good. 
Craig casually pushed her finger aside with a deadpan face. Again with the fucking coke. Again with the fucking coke. Okay, yeah, okay. Look, 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 Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm not in the mood to deal with... Craig gestured to the entire situation behind his sister. This? I got too much going on, and honestly, I fucking hate kids. <sighs> look, Pops is ramping up the funerals to be flashes, all right? However, I'll cover your shift and work for two more days. That should be enough to get this 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 whole thing, you know, sorted out. I have you know, Pops was attacked, and this will just be another issue he, he just doesn't need to think about right now, right? Pops was attacked? Yeah, yeah, he was attacked. If you want the details, call him. Other than that, I think Harry and Jay got an, uh, a line on a lawyer or something. I'll, I'll get them to send you the number and information so you can be protected from any kind of repercussions from you stealing a goddamn baby. What's the catch? What am I going to owe you for this? Fucking nothing, okay? I'm not doing this from, like, the good of my heart or anything. I'm doing this for the business and for Pops. He began to limp his way to her front door. His sister turned in her place to look at the child on her expensive couch, still napping, then back to her brother. Thank you. Fuck you, blow it out your ass. He said with a wink as he closed the door behind him. Buford Motormouth Jenkins was a transplant from southern Alabama who for some reason decided that a life up north was a good change of pace. The problem was that no one could understand a goddamn word he said because of his thick drawl and the speed in which he spoke. While it might have been passable where he lived, the people of Boston, let alone other transplants like Harry and Jay, couldn't make heads or tails of him. He showed up wearing his standard overalls, a dark blue bandana, and had a bit of chewing tobacco in his cheek. Hey, the boy better come in and dog it around there. Motormouth shouted to Harry as he held his hand up to give him a high five. Harry just did it out of consideration. Hey, hey Motormouth, what's going on? No, man, I ain't hell y'all trying to go over there and go meddling this shit. What's up, Jay? Jay broke out in a cold sweat as he swore, even hoped that for a brief moment he was invisible. Uh, what's up? Ray Dig? Ray Dig? No, I'm Ray, Ray Dig. Get that motherfucker done. In a brief epiphany, Harry's eyes widened as he finally understood that sentence. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to dig. We've got four graves to dig today and not a lot of time to do it. Harry, you drive. Jay said as he started filling up the van with equipment. So it looks like they divided up the four teams within three days. Like enough, some are gonna want mausoleum plots, so that makes it a lot easier. Harry said as he got into the van. Motormouth got in the swivel seat in the back. Nigga, that's why I need to get a cocaine store to get right through the day. I might have a heart attack. <laughs> Motormouth said as he adjusted his dark blue bandana on his head. Huh? You know? I know what. What line to have a heart attack? No, I don't. I don't know what it's like to have a heart attack, but this lovely task's gonna strain us all for the next few days. We'll be feeling it all month if we fail. You understood that? Uh, I'm getting the hang of it now. to throw it if all of us are in Settle here. Down. It's gonna rain soon. Ow, my back! Hey, take it easy, Vic. You're gonna get hurt. 
dude, it's only been four minutes in. Hello, hey, wait, hold on, hold on, whoa, 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 Hey, Pops, hey, Pops, hey, could, could you see what Connie's up to now? Yeah, she's right outside the office. Close the door right, right after you. Yeah, thank you, Pops. Hi, yes, I'm Connie McGee, and I'm calling about the baby in my custody. No, no, no one from social services has contacted me, and they told me they would call yesterday. Damn it, Mr. McGee. You sure are setting up fast. Why are you out here with me? Because I'm trying to get these plots done, you moron. Even if it means me getting my hands dirty. Uh, who are you again? Dude, they just hired me off the street. Three days later, all of the workers for McGee's had gathered together and were clapping furiously as McGee held up his hand to quiet everyone. Guys, we did it! All of our people are in the ground! Morty Fleischer is on his way over here with my check, and I'll tell you, this will be as rewarding as it can get. They had technology, but we had the drop. The crowd cheered all but Harry, Jay, and Motormouth. They felt limp. They worked the day shift prior and the night shift after as Victor Rock had finally succumbed to a heart attack. Doug Sanchez and Jerome had to take a random hire to help. Jay couldn't even open his eyes. Couldn't agree more, dude. I think I can sleep for a hundred years, man. Old Man McGee turned to Harry, Jay, and Motormouth. I want to extend a professional and humble thank you. To Harry Osgood, Jay Wentz, and Buford Jenkins for their hardcore dedication for us winning the bet. An unforeseen circumstance came about, and you three stepped it up and saved the day. big black SUV pulled into the parking lot and another older man got out of the car with short white slicked back hair and dressed all in black. Surprisingly, he was almost six foot five. He had a fit body for someone in their 70s, but he towered monstrously over old man McGee. Well, well, well. If it isn't my old rival friend, Morty Fleischer, I know why you're here. A somber look came over his face. I gotta hand it to you, Carson. You boys did a fantastic job, but I didn't think someone would die over this bet. I hope you're happy. Die? The hell are you talking about? Victor Rock is going to be okay. No, I mean Herman Griffin. His death beat us and put you over the mark. No, 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 no. We've got two extra bodies from the morgue, Fleischer. That's how we won. We made up for it for Crest Funerals tomorrow. We have nothing planned for that. So here, take your blood money. I want nothing more to do with you. Fleischer said as he handed him a check and walked back to his SUV. Morty! Wait! This was... this was just a harmless bet! McGee replied, almost ashamed of what had just happened. Fleischer ignored him and got into his SUV and drove away. But almost as schizophrenic as his feelings were, old man McGee was inspecting the check. 
The amount was $300 over their original bet. A sticky note was attached to the bottom. This extra money is for Griff's funeral, you stingy bastard. How heartless can you Fleischer wrote on the bottom. Old Man McGee turned to walk back into the parlor, but stopped as he gazed at his employees. Clean up your mess, and you all can head home. You have the rest of the day off, with pay. You deserve it. Instead of cheering, each of the workers seemed to groan in acknowledgement. Their exhaustion was evident as many of them just piled into their cars, vans, and trucks and headed home. Jay didn't speak at all on the ride home with Harry, as Harry dropped Jay at his apartment. Thanks, man. See you tomorrow for Griff's funeral. As Jay pulled up to his apartment, Vicky was outside waiting for him. Her eyes widened at the look of her boyfriend. Jesus Christ, you look like you've been through hell. I've worked 17 hours straight. Dead tired. Sore as fuck. Let's get you inside. Do they not give you any time in between shifts? I worked through it. We had to get the graves done. Brock was carted out in an ambulance. Oh my god! The keys is working you guys like crazy. That shouldn't be legal. We're getting a bonus for our hard work. For the past three days worth of work, I'm making a thousand extra bucks on my paycheck. Vicky escorted Jay into the apartment and closed the door. She winced herself as she walked a little gingerly and began stripping him of his coveralls, once again noticing that he didn't wear any underwear underneath. And your dong is hanging out. I don't wear underwear, much to the detriment of Harry. Why are you in pain? Are you okay? An odor came from him as she cringed back. Ooh, you are right, baby. Yeah, I'm just having a, you know, bad time of the month. Jay walked toward his bathroom, avoiding the subject of her period. I know. I need a hot shower. Nope. We're gonna draw you a bath, and we're gonna massage these muscles. If possible, can you get me some ibuprofen first? Sure. Do you want a beer? <laughs> Is water wet? Jay chuckled as he entered his bathroom and started his tub. Harry awoke from his nap to the sound of his cell phone going off. It was nighttime, and he looked at his caller ID. It was Lorraine. Hello? Oh shit, I didn't mean to wake you up. Did I? Did I wake you up? You did, but it's okay. What's going on? I was just calling to see what you're up to tonight. I haven't seen you in a while. Lorraine, I'm just dead tired. Work has got me running ragged currently, and... Well, I got my buddy's funeral tomorrow. Uh, did you want to go alone? I mean, I can come with you if you want. You would? I would. I mean, I'm your girlfriend, and I want to support you, you know? So we're exclusive now? Harry asked as he sat up in his bed. There was a pause on the other end. I thought we already were. Sure. I'd like that. Alright, then I'll pick you up tomorrow for the funeral. What time does it start? Or do you need to be there early? Nope. I'm serving as a pallbearer. I think I just need to be there around noon. Okay. Well, I'll be there around 11.30 to get you. And I'll let you go back to sleep. Well, thank you. I'm so sore. Goodbye. Bye. Wow.
Mr. Crescent, what are you doing? It's it's midnight. Yes, I know you're fine, and I'm absolutely sorry about this, but I've got to go. I gotta go find Bert. He's not in the lobby. What the hell? Especially banging on my door like you're the popo. Well, well, when you gonna be back? I have no idea when I'll be back. Hopefully, be in the morning. But I, I, I can't just, I can't take it anymore. I, I can't. Bert, Bert, where are you? Bert, they gotta go. You've been listening to Fun with Dirt. A Dark Charm Media production. In the cast you heard, guest starring Chris Hengel as Buford Motormouth Jenkins, Gibby Gibbler as Victor Rock, Christine Atwell as Lorraine Green, and Chris Ellis as Morty Fleischer. Special effects by Zapsplat.com. Win in the end. Originally by Mark Saffin, covered by Ink's No Issue. Copyright 2023 Dark Char Media, all rights reserved.